Yeah. Hey, Max, how's it going today? Good. It's working now. It's working well. Let's go. All right. I'm here with Rick Covard, and we're ready. Episode four about to begin. Are you next to each other? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. What's up, Max? Uh-huh. How are you, Rick? Good. How are you? Uh, Great. First non-failing member of the podcast. I know. I'm, I feel uh, pretty honored. I would, too. Yeah. Uh, Jared, I texted you right before the show began. Pretty big day in music history. For you. I would argue for all three of us, actually. Why don't you tell us why, then? Today is the 16th anniversary of Songs About Jane coming out. Probably the best, top five album of all time, Undisputed. And would it be a hot take to say it's the best album Maybe other than Dark Side of the Moon. Ever? Ever. Including Beatles albums? Including, uh, yeah, all of them. The White Album, Revolver, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club, all of those. <laughs> I, first of all, that's not a hot take because I told you the number one rule about hot takes is when they're not factual, they're just not hot at all. They're wrong. I... Okay, fine, Jared. Um, oh, crap, I should have written all the topics down. Jared, lead us off now. All right, well, our first topic uh, that we're going to go over here in episode four has got to be the NHL draft, which uh, took place over the weekend. And uh, a lot of different storylines for the draft. There's a couple trades, but not as many as what we thought there'd be. But... Uh, New York Islanders. Most people said they had a good draft. I did read one one uh, writer today that said they did not have a good draft, but I think the thing with the Islanders is that you got to remember is they had a good draft, and they were you know one of the teams that everyone graded highly. But a lot of their players that they picked up in the draft not ready to play right away. This is more of a long term future draft where maybe in three four years it'll be good, but right now. Uh, they're not going to see any of the services of these players right away. So I won't Kiefer Bellows and all these players you already buy. I didn't. Kiefer Bellows was not taken this year. I know, but when was, but he's not in the. Jared, I know he wasn't taken this year. But when when will they all? Oliver Wallstrom. Um, I forgot the other dude. Double. I think Noah. Uh, I forgot his last name. Dobson. But Dobson. Um, Keeper Bellows, when will these guys all be ready by? Well, Keeper Bellows, in my opinion, you know, if, if they thought he was, he'd be ready this year to make the team. So we'll see if he makes the team. Wallstrom is going to go play at Boston College, so he's probably going to be at least two years, maybe three, before he's I love ready that to go. So much. Um, I don't know as much about Dobson. Uh, but I would think he's also going to be, you know, two years or so before he's ready at the at the minimum. Yeah, that's that's gonna suck. Um, what would you get the Rangers for the Rangers screen for the draft? It's interesting. I I think the Rangers. It, you know, everyone wants to grade these teams right away, but in the NHL draft, it's really tough to give to give grades right away. I think the Rangers in the first round picked a couple players where 
They're a little bit risky. They're definitely not sure things. The first guy they got at number nine overall uh, is is in Russia right now, and they got he's got to get out of his KHL contract, which isn't always easy. But it sounds like he'd be willing to come over next year. And then they drafted Keandre Miller, who's going to play at Wisconsin. So he's going to probably need two to three years at Wisconsin before he's ready to come and uh, join the Rangers. And he's only played defense for the last two years. He just became a defenseman. But he had a great couple of years at the uh, USA program. And the thing with the Rangers that I don't like is they were the first team to take a goalie in the draft. At, I think, 47 overall. And apparently he was, like, the sixth best goalie. So, to me, that seems like a terrible pick. Um, but, again, you know, you can't, it's hard to make judgments right away. But I think the Rangers in the first round did a pretty good job. They had three picks in the first round. But then I think uh, further on down the draft, I wasn't really impressed with what they did. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rick, you are, if I understand correctly, you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, so... He's a, he's a Buffalo native, but we'll let him speak about that. I grew up a Leafs fan. I uh, kind of follow Buffalo a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess not by choice, just because uh, I have to. Um, I definitely think that, that Dowling pick was a great pick. Everyone knew that they were going to take him for a long time. Is he that good? Well, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, he's got to be pretty good. I think one thing you noticed in the draft this year was uh, if you watch – the first round is how many one thing that really stood out was how many D men were taken. And I think, you know, that goes just goes to show that there's a lot of premium on D this year. And I think, you know, that's another thing, you know, that you know, probably something else we'll talk about with what you saw with the caps just page. Uh, you know, they locked them up for basically, you know, they owe them about sixty four million dollars now. So I think that goes to show you, you know, like uh, how how important that teams are uh, viewing D-men these days. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess... I like the Darling kid, though. Like, I, I, I've been pretty impressed by him since he's been drafted. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweet of the pick on him. In, in, uh, he was on his own little private jet, had a Bills hat on already. So, it looks like he's buying into the whole Buffalo thing, which I think is huge. You know, you want a guy who's happy with the yeah. city. Uh, that they're playing in. And, you know, that's one thing about Buffalo, you know, going way back to – you guys are both too young to remember this, but when, you know, Jim Kelly got drafted by Houston in the USFL and Buffalo, uh, he wasn't too high, and that's why he chose to go to the USFL because he didn't want to live in Buffalo. But he ended up loving it. I think when guys go there because it's such a small town, it's a tight-knit community, people really get behind the teams, and they've been brutal in pretty much everything up until the Bills this year for so long that, uh, you know, it's hard for guys to buy in. But I think once they get there, they really love it. And I think this kid's really started to show that. And I think that's uh, that's huge for them. Buffalo fans are wild. It's pretty cool. I think yeah. they like, like that. I mean, not – I mean, people always pay attention to the stereotypical Bills fans, like, jumping on tables. But it's, like, all of the teams. The Sabres. Um, uh, yeah, Sabres, too. Um, but – I think that'll really fit cool, especially for a young guy like him. It's pretty awesome, I think. Now, would a guy like Darlene, would he go to Buffalo? Maybe not in an official capacity, but maybe, obviously, you know you're going to get taken by the Sabres. Um, maybe, would he go there? I don't know if you know this, Rick. Would, would somebody like that go and make like kind of an unofficial trip just to kind of check it out? And maybe he had a better 
better idea of what the city was like, maybe he made a trip there. Yeah, I think I think a lot of guys do that. Uh, you know, it's a little tougher for him. Um, but I think, you know, I think, you know, the teams will fly him in. I know in the NFL they do that a lot. Like if a guy, you know, there's a first – he's the team that has the first pick, they know who they want to bring in, they'll bring him in. And, you know, even – some other guys. Well, I know they do that a lot with free agents, um, too, as well. Um, but I think, you know, they probably brought him in and said, you know, got him, got, he got a chance to look at the town and all that stuff. But like I said, like people love it. Uh, our good buddy, Dave Seitz, uh, was just hanging out with Jack Eichel a couple weeks ago. And he said, Eichel's totally bought in too. You know, he wants to retire there. So, you know, you get a guy like that, you get a guy like this kid, they could be, you know, your your core of your team for so long. And they both personality-wise seem like the kind of guys that are going to bring other guys in and make them want to play there too. Yeah. The other thing is too uh, is that the scouting combine is in Buffalo. So obviously Darlene was there for that. So maybe he was speaking, you know, he's because he, like you said, he was kind of bought in. And that's just a circumstantial thing. But the NHL has been hosting that uh, NHL draft combine in Buffalo. So a lot of the guys have actually been there. Some of the top prospect events have been in Buffalo too, with, um, you know, at least for the U S a lot of those players have, have been in some of those situations in Buffalo, the ownership of the Sabres really doing a great job. The Pagula family of investing in these events, as we saw with the world juniors, that was also in, in Buffalo and Darlene was there for that. So maybe he has actually been there a couple of times <laughs> that as well, you know, it's a great hockey town, it's, you know, it's huge there. Even like I said, they've been so bad ever since they lost to uh, Dallas in the finals that one year. Um, you know, people still love them there. They still get pretty good crowd support, you know, good crowds and games and stuff. And, you know, anyone who knows anything about the Bills Mafia knows how passionate Buffalo fans are. Yeah, definitely. Max, any other teams that you think you want to speak about in the draft or any other players that you were interested about? Uh, I really just care about the Islanders. Uh, yeah, I'm right now worried. So I just saw on Twitter that Tavares' meeting with Lisa just just ended after a two-hour session, which I guess can lead us right into the next topic. John Tavares has me really worried. I've been up three a.m. the past three nights just looking at Twitter, searching John Tavares' news on Reddit. So yeah. I would like some uh, comfort in there, the John Tavares when we sound with the Islanders. I don't think we're ready to give you that. Um, he the Sharks tomorrow. I think if oh, I had God. to, if I, like, from, from what I followed and everything, it seems like he's most likely going to sign with the Islanders. And I think, obviously, them having a good draft, and we'll talk about Barry Trotz in a second, but Lou Lamorello writing the ship, you know, would lead you to believe that he would want to sign there, but – you know, I've also read that San Jose's got a yeah, read about proposal. That a lot too. San Jose might be the, the biggest competition because some of these other teams like with Toronto or, you know, he's meeting with Tampa Bay. Those teams, they have a lot of money tied up in some other players. But San Jose seems like they've got a little bit more money that they can give him that if they give him a big contract, they won't be completely hamstrung. Like, obviously, if Tampa Bay – gives them a big contract, they're not going to be able to sign anybody else. Like, that's their last piece. San Jose still has, um, what's his name, Evander Kane, right? Yeah, they locked Evander Kane up yeah. in turn. Yeah, so they want to compete, I guess. Um, but 
I know, I know from what I heard that the, the um, management Toronto thought it'd be hard to make it work. They obviously wanted to bring him in because he's, you know, probably the best guy out Toronto there. Later. And he's from Toronto too. Yeah. He's a Toronto guy. Um, but I think they they made it sound like in the at least the few comments I heard that uh, it was going to be hard to make the money work for him to get him. Yep. So I would agree with you guys. I think it's probably most likely that he'll end up back in the island, but it's hard to say, you know? I mean, it's... If he doesn't, I am so screwed. A lot of times these guys will just go visit other teams, too, to yeah, power move to make it look like... Due diligence, Try to get more money. But you know, they don't want to. They don't want to get take the hometown discount to come back and play. Have you guys seen all of these places in Long Island have been offering him free bagels for life, free chicken farm for life, all that stuff? No, I haven't. Chicago, seen that. Chicago's done it too. Like places like Declan in Chicago have just announced they're going to offer him free free pizza for life, which I'm Chicago. I'm not worried about. I'm really worried about San Jose though. <laughs> and if he, leaves, I don't think he's meeting with Chicago, right? I don't think so, but if he leaves, I don't think they're on the list. If he leaves, I am so screwed. Like for myself, oh, it could be bad. Um, but good news for the Islanders, we got. A, would it be fair to say, Jared, a top five coach in the NHL? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, he's what fourth or fifth all time in wins. Yeah. Um, and obviously knows what it takes to be successful, regardless of the playoffs. Regular season, he's had as much success as anybody over the past decade. So, no, it's a great head coach, especially compared to what you had before. I've questioned that a little back to the Bears. Do you think the Islanders don't make don't make these great draft picks, and uh, and um, they don't uh, get Trotz's coach that the Bears probably leave? Hard to say because you don't. That's a, now we're talking about alternate reality. Yeah. because they already made those drafts. Like, I, but like, I, I do lot. think that the big. I do think that Lou. Oh yeah, Lou, Lou was a big piece. Oh, yes. He's been uh, because the thing is, I, I got to tell you, if Garth Snow was running that draft, I don't think they do that well. Yeah, I mean Garth Snow had two. Hit. No, I wouldn't count Tavares and hit because that was the number one pick, and that was a clear one. So, yeah, only good pick. I can really, I mean, probably, yeah, just uh, Matt, Matt Burzell and I guess maybe Josh Bailey. But Josh saying I don't know what he's doing right now, Jared. I have honestly no clue what he's up to. <laughs> I was expecting him to be in the NHL this past year. It's just pathetic right now with him. I think the one thing to, to say is, you know, overall, I think it's a pretty exciting time to be an Islanders fan. Oh, yes, you know, it you, is. You, you, just, you bring in Lamorello. You bring in the coach that just won the Stanley Cup. You had two draft picks in the first round this year. Um, and back-to-back. Yeah. You know, so I, I think what I, for whatever, you know, who knows how it's going to pan out, but I think right now they have a lot to be, you know, excited about. Whether Tavares comes back or not, obviously, yeah. it's better for them if he does. But, you know, I think right now they can kind of pitch it as, yeah, we lost him, but all this other stuff is going on that's good for us right now. Absolutely. Um, I think if I think if he doesn't come back, you're going to see Lou just blow it up completely. That's not what I hear. Get rid of, not what get I hear, Jared. That's not what I hear, Jared. That cannot happen. Why that, not? That happened most of my life, Jared. The Islanders always sucked. 
like won one playoff series in my whole my whole twenty year existence. Yeah, but look at, it, what, look at what he did with the Maple Leafs. He got in there, he blew it up completely, started from scratch, and now look where they're at. So how long does it take if they blew it up? God forbid. <laughs> how long will it take for them to be like the Maple Leafs? Well, I four mean, or five years. So it's gonna be seven hundred and twenty five. No, Jared, it's ridiculous. Ten years ago, it took four, five, six years to build a team. Now I think you can okay. do it a lot faster. But Max, what if you, what if they, if, if Tavares leaves, what would you like Lou to do then? Because then, oh. if he doesn't blow it up, you look like the New York Mets right now. Should have blown it up three years ago, didn't do it, and now they suck. Yeah, the Mets really suck. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. That's the best way to build your team is to blow it all up and start from scratch. If you hang out in the middle too long, it's not going to work out well. And now's the time to do it, too, because you got a new GM, you got a new head coach. It's like, let's just do this. We'll start fresh from scratch and see what But you can't do. do it if you get JT, because if he's there, then you're all in every year because you have him. But if you don't have him, you got to find a new JT, and that's why you blow it up to get the number one pick. Yeah, I guess so. Tavares uh, better resign. Um, how about you go to the way you talked about it before? John Carlson, eight years, $64 million. Uh, Tom Wilson staying because he was a, a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent. Um, so, yeah. Correct. That's pretty good for, for the Capitals. Uh, I think like they're going to be competing next year, even though they don't have shots. Yeah, I think uh, let's get Rick's opinion on uh, you know Rick. Rick's met Barry Trotz a few times. He's uh, he seems to be one of those stand-up guys that gets along with everybody and is fun to be around. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit different in Washington when you're there next year, Rick. But uh, obviously, it's pretty cool to go out with with a cup win. Yeah, you know, uh, Trotz is like one of those stand-up guys. It's you know. It, <sighs> Sometimes in sports, it seems like you have to be a real prick to win. And uh, he's one of those guys that's found a way to do it, being, you know, just a great human, great guy. Uh, you know, every time I'm up in Washington uh, for training camp or whatever, he's always, you know, great with me. Uh, you know, it was kind of a sad day for me to see him go, uh, you know, because I always look forward to seeing him every year. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see who they hire. Uh, hopefully they hire someone, you know, from within. Uh, you know, Todd Reardon and all the circles, you know, you know, that I've heard it seems to be the leading candidate, um, you know, and there was even some talk last year that, you know, Trotz might get fired and they might uh, bring Reardon, promote him to head coach. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I think honestly that was a great move by both the Capitals and uh, Barry, you know, obviously, you know, for him, it was a huge increase in salary, Um you know, I think they both got out of what they wanted to accomplish when they brought him in, uh, which was winning a cup. And I think, you know, on the cap side, they kind of they see that window closing, even though, like like you said, they're, they're bringing back, you know, a couple of the key pieces to the, you know, what helped them win the win the championship. I think uh, I think, you know, that window might be closing on some of those guys, you know, Ovi's getting older. Um so I think, I think you know, from their standpoint, they kind of see it that they're in rebuilding mode a little bit maybe. So they figured, you know, they, they didn't really see any sense in matching that money that uh, that New York was offering him. So 
I think it worked out well for both teams. You know, you win a Stanley Cup, I think that's pretty satisfying, at least for a couple years, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone thinks, you know, what have you done for me lately? So, you know, the fans aren't going to be happy if the Caps have a subpar year next year. But uh, with all the roster moves, you know, they still got Holpe, who's another guy who's getting older, you know. But uh, I think they're going to have a good year next year, you know. Winning a cup is the hardest thing in pro sports to do probably. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I think it, it worked out well for everybody overall. I know he's getting, I know eventually he's getting old, but he's still an absolute monster. I'm looking at the stats right now. He put up 49 goals, had 87 points this year, most points since since 2011. So, I would say somebody's got to getting old, but, I mean, how old is John Carlson right now? He is 28, I believe. Correct. And Tom Wilson? Tom Wilson's pretty young. I think he's yeah, still in his, you know, mid-late 20s. Yeah, I don't even think he's that old. I think he might be 25, 26 maybe. He's, 20, maybe he's 24. Years. He just turned 24. Yeah, he's yeah. – he's the, the thing that's great for the Capitals is, you know, they – a lot of the guys that made that run were pretty young. Uh, now, they're going to have to jump up and give the team more. They're going to be counted on more, but – there's a lot of players on that team. You know, we talk about Chandler Stevenson, you know, Christian Juice, and Madison Bowie didn't get a ton of time, but he was up in, up there during Vrana. that run. Jacob Vrana was a rookie this year. I mean, there's Jesus. a lot of guys oh, yeah. Yeah. who are on that team. Then, obviously, then there's Kuznetsov, who's just hitting his prime right now. He could be one of the best players in the league over the next couple of years if he plays like he did. Vrana's 22. I, I think yeah, Vrana 24. Just could be an amazing player, too. I mean – I think, you know, this is kind of a stretch, but I think a few years down the road you could have similar to a, a Crosby-Malkin situation with those two guys. They're both phenomenal talents. And getting back to what you were saying about Ovi, I think, you know, if if you've watched the Caps for several years like I have and not just this year, I think what you really saw was him maturing and him willing to do the little things, you know, that Crosby's done for years and everybody's admired him for, you know, hitting not just – making the big hit but making hits away from the play just really blocking being more a, shots yeah blocking more shots and it's when me and jared were talking the other day about uh you know i think a big thing for him was getting married you know i think that really kind of settled him down a little bit off the ice and uh you know he, he definitely is more a lot more mature this year than i would say he's even been over the last year or two years yeah looking at the age of all these players right now they're all like 22 to 25 except for eventually 33 uh, Nicholas Backstrom just turned 30. So they're like still only 30 Backstrom. Yeah. yeah. Like he's been in the league for so many years. He's been in the league for 11 years since he was 19. Yeah. I, you know, those guys are great role players now, but I think you definitely are looking at, yeah, you know, four or five years before they're going to be, could be the core of a really solid team. You know, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Lars Ellers only. Wow. Right, he's older than 29. I thought he was older than 29. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I thought they were actually all much older than that. Thing is, now, Braden Holpe, it's going to be a big year for him because the thing is, last couple of years, the Capitals have had the luxury of having Grubauer, and he's played more and more games during the regular season to try to keep Holpe fresh. But now, now that Grubauer has been traded to Colorado, uh, the Caps don't really have that heir apparent. Phoenix Copley is a young goalie, uh, still kind of, still you could say a little bit of a prospect, but 
I don't think he's ready to shoulder the same kind of load that Phil Grubauer has, has really shouldered. And hope he's going to have to play a lot of games in the regular season next year. It's going to be an interesting thing to see what the Caps do because hope he's getting older. If they want to make it a long, another long run in the playoffs, they can't have him play you know, 70 regular season games. He's got to be more in that 55, 60 range. You want to hear a fun fact, Jared? Yeah. Hope he played for the, for the same race. We know that. Yeah, I know. You just heard from me, but okay. Um. I think, you know, now that Grubar is gone, though, you have room to bring in. Obviously, I don't think someone has his potential and his future. I think, you know, maybe they're thinking about bringing in an older guy who's kind of been a consistent backup throughout his career who can come in and play, you know, 15, 20 games in a se- you know, regular season. Then, obviously, once you get to the playoffs, Holtby's your guy. Uh, the other big wild card in that is the Samsonov kid. You know, when he gets over here, what does he do? Is he, does he mature really fast, you know, uh, Everything I've heard is that he's going to start Hershey probably, and then you know. But I, I think you could see a, a you know scenario by where if he goes down there and just absolutely lights it up, where he's getting games in the show by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I think everyone's kind of banking on him to, to be the future for them. Um, so I don't see them bringing in like a young guy that they're going to have to pay a lot of money to be the backup up there this year. You know, they have Phoenix Copley, who's you know serviceable. He has depth. He definitely has, uh, you know, a good amount of uh, NHL games and, you know, has done fairly well in the ones that he's played. Um, he had an up-and-down year this year in Hershey. Uh, didn't have a great team in front of him, but, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, still could develop into an everyday NHL player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess the next topic now will be the NBA draft recap. Ooh. All right, you pick. You got to. You got to. You got to lead the way on that. All right, Knicks picked Kevin Knox, the eighth pick out of Kentucky, a safe pick, definitely. Now, the pick of Michael Porter Jr. going fourteenth is a risky pick. It's definitely for Nuggets kind of a risky pick. The problem is, it's an, if he's developed before uh, before this college basketball season, he's definitely going to be a number two, number one pick. Now, the back issue is definitely a big issue, but you, but if he becomes really good, that's going to bite the Knicks in the ass really bad, along with 13 other teams. But what I'm – I mean, the Knicks will never win, I notice right now. With James Dolan as owner, I mean, the Knicks are – Rick, what, do you watch basketball at all? Yeah, I'm not a huge NBA guy, to be honest with you. But I agree with what you're saying with, you know, any guy coming in that's injured in the NBA, it's always a, a huge, Definitely huge concern. Risk, yeah. You know, I mean, look at look at Derrick Rose. You know, the guy was – Oh, my God. Two he was going to be the next Jordan, and he's just been, a you know, a basket case ever since he's been in the league. And I, I think a lot of that, you know, I'm a hockey guy, so <laughs> I'm used to dealing with tough guys. Like, I yeah. question his toughness a little bit. And I feel like, you know, obviously there's some injuries that he couldn't have played through that he's had in his career. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think I think he's the perfect example of, you know, damaged goods, man. There's just there's something about him. You know, I think, you know, especially – and obviously the NBA isn't as physically demanding as the NHL, but, I mean, you're still talking 82 games a year. These guys, you know, they play a ton of games. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard – you know, it's hard when, once, you know, you come in injured, you know, to, can you play 
can you go from being injured to playing 16 games in three weeks, you know? Yeah. It's tough. Now, this guy, Michael Porter Jr., he, right before Jeff, made an, had an amazing quote about himself. He compared himself to right now, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a mix of Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the best NBA players right now, Kevin Durant, one of the top 10 players right now, and a future Hall of Famer, and also a little bit of Tracy McGrady, an NBA Hall of Famer. I love how cocky is like that's just saying, oh yeah, I'm like all of those, but more aggressive than, 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 than Kevin Durant, and I'm better at scoring than Jason Grady. I just yeah. love that because that, that, that's a big cold take over there, Jared. Um, well, if anyone says they're like Tracy McGrady, they're your new favorite player because you love Tracy McGrady. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Me? Yeah, you love Tracy McGrady. No, I love Tim Duncan, dude. Tim Duncan and Yao Ming. But I know you love those guys, but you also love Tracy McGrady. I actually think he was kind of overrated. The only time he's really good was on the Orlando Magic. But you really know me well, Jared. <laughs> um, the big number one pick up, the number, the big surprise was actually the Mavericks and Hawks exchanging picks. Uh, Luka Doncic, a big friend fan, actually. And for Trey Young, Trey Young was probably, if one of the best, if not the best college wrestle player this year. He had that Steph Curry range. He led, he led the league, he led college wrestle in a point. He seems very immature, though. I, I completely agree with you over here. And people are touting him for the next Steph Curry. Which I that's a, I get it. He shoots deep threes, but Steph Curry has a lot of other, other great things on the court. I mean, he, he's the leader of the team. He also people always pay attention to scoring, but he averages about seven to eight assists per game. And college basketball is completely different from the NBA too, which I think we can both agree on. And uh, Steph Curry, not to mention has, like, the highest free throw percentage in the history yeah. of the NBA, which is another huge thing. And what will be the future three-pointer three pointer record in, like, five or six years? Probably less than that. But, yeah, I mean... It's so not... what do you think about that trade? Like, do you think the Mavericks got the better of the Oh, yeah, players? absolutely. Because they got to pick yeah. lower, and then they got what they wanted anyway. Completely, actually. I think... He really worked with Magic. I think Donovan will be great there, especially with the obviously big other big foreign player on that team, Dirk Nowitzki, who I think would be a great mentor to him. Give us a re- give us a, a synopsis of how do you think his game is going to be? Like, what kind of player is he going to be for the Mavericks? More of a. Do you remember watching Ricky Rubio, or no? Yeah, but he wasn't very good. He was not very good. <laughs> a lot of people have talked about him being a better Ricky Rubio, which is not what you want. Because Ricky Rubio is an average NBA player. But I think he'll be actually pretty good. People are saying he played in Europe. He played in the best, more in the best A, the best Euro League, and B, the best team in Europe in Real Madrid, the basketball team they actually have. So I think... I think it'll be really good. Uh, my wife had to stop working, so now I can't check anything, which kind of sucks. Um, that's always. Um, uh, the Knicks, the Knicks are right now with Kevin Knox. I think me and you, Jared, can both accept Knicks will never win with James Dolan as owner. 
Would you agree with me? Uh, no, because James Dolan is forever going to be the owner, so they're going to have to figure it out somewhere. Unless he dies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yes, eventually he will die. So, he, he, he's like, what, 50 years old? 55-ish? Average about, like, Yeah, I guess. Average of maybe like 25 more years left of him, left in his life. So, it's not, it can't be that bad. You'd hope that, uh, that eventually, maybe in the next 10 years, I, I think they still got about 10 more years, but maybe oh, yeah. they can figure it out. The problem with the NBA is the teams that are good are going to be good, and the teams that suck are going to suck. Because oh, yeah. The way the league is set up, they actually like the fact that they're super teams, you know, which is, to me, kind of sucks because I think, you know, as a very casual NBA fan, you know, I watch the finals, I watch – Follow it a little bit. It's tough for us because it's during hockey season. So, you know, pretty much we're watching hockey news 24 hours a day. But yeah. I, I think, you know, for the casual fan, you know, who wanted to see Golden State and the Cavs play in the finals again? Nobody except for the Golden only State reason people Cavs were excited fans. about it was because everybody hates LeBron and he was playing Golden State, who everyone thought was going to win. So everybody was excited just so they could hate on LeBron because they knew he was going to fail. But That's I think, me. I think other than that, you know, it, it's like – I would say going into the season, there's probably maybe four or five teams that have a chance of making the finals, you know, at, at absolute most, and it may be three, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think everyone thought, you know, you know, Cleveland had a good chance and Boston had a good Boston, chance. Houston, and Golden State. Yeah. But it's only four teams right now that you think have a good chance. People are saying Toronto, but LeBron absolutely owns Toronto at this point. And, it, you know, it's just – they have a salary cap technically, but it's not strict enough with, you know, you can pretty much hire whoever you want. As long as you're willing yeah. to pay the taxes and the fines, you can bring in whatever guys you want. And, you know, so all these guys are just saying, let's all go to this team or this team, or, you know, that's why I would love, I don't know where this is at anymore, but I know that LeBron is talk, or talking about going to Philadelphia, who is a young team who could be a good team. They could kind of upset the balance in the East a little bit. Uh, especially if they had him. Um, uh, Jared's not wanting to happen. We've though. talked about this on the podcast previously. <laughs> oh, really? I, actually, I don't like Philly, and I hope LeBron does not go to Philly. <laughs> well, then you'll just have another reason not to like him. Yeah. I just, you know, just to go on a little uh, tangent here about LeBron, I, you know, I understand why people don't like him, but I think I, as someone who grew up watching Jordan play, I, I think you have to put him in the conversation now that he, oh, you easily. know, I think he could possibly be as good or better than Jordan. Yeah, definitely. I'm not saying that he is, and I hate comparing, you know, apples and oranges like that. I hate when everyone tries to figure out this guy's the best, this guy's the best. But I don't think you can definitively say he's not Jordan. And, you know, I, I think he at least deserves to be in the conversation, though. Yeah. Uh, I think if Ron Williams proved himself, he should go to the next. He's not going to the Knicks. We're not. T- we're not even. In- we're not even entertaining that topic. You want to play as Chris Brzezingas and uh, yeah, he was coming off an ACL injury. <laughs> and uh, Kevin Knox. Hey, you could probably get him to the finals. That's how good he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, oh, my I think. I think if LeBron had 
Kyrie Irving, me, you, and Jared, he, we'd probably be in the finals. Because <laughs> the fucking guy is. I've heard about him going to Boston. <laughs> Dude, and Kyrie Irving would be so pissed about that because Kyrie Irving left to get away from LeBron to become the star. And before he got injured this year, first off, he wasn't injured. I think Boston would have won. What made it to the NBA finals? Probably would have lost their Warriors, but. Kyrie Irving does not want LeBron in Boston. I think I think the four I think the three options right now, most likely if I had a pick would be Cleveland, um, Philly, and then Houston. I don't see LA. Because LA looks like a total a word I cannot say on here. <laughs> I, I could see him going to LA just because I think like that would really stoke the rivalry with Golden State. And I think he wants to be kind of like he wants to be the L.A. kind of guy, L.A. lifestyle. You know, I could see him wanting to do that. He's pretty Hollywood. I mean, he's been in movies and stuff already. Um, and I think he could kind of see that as kind of a transition into life after basketball. At least, you know, he can start marketing himself for whatever he's going to do, What you know, whatever it might be when he retires. And I think that's why I could see him going there and, you know, and, and probably not Philly because I don't think, you know, endorsement-wise and things like that, um, I don't think he'd be setting himself up for something like that as well. Well, I know, I don't know if he's going somewhere because the past two times, the 2010-2014, I actually saw online, I think, I forgot what I was saying, but there were movie trucks at his house. If there's movie trucks at his house, he's going somewhere else. If there's no movie trucks over the summer, he's staying there. Let's just all hope that there's no decision 2018. No, he just actually, announced the damn thing. I heard today that I read today. Paul that George. He made a statement that he doesn't want like his recruiting process to be a media circus this time. Well, which he, Paul George he can say that, but it's going to be either way. Paul George today decided in ESPN greenlit a three a three part miniseries about his decision. <laughs> I will say when he went back to Cleveland there was no there was nothing he just came out with a decision he just made the no media circus it was very and, and he knew he had to do that because of how horrible the decision was with Miami <laughs> do you remember that at all or no yeah I remember it I'll never forget that sitting, sitting on the bed like, thinking oh my god he's gonna go to the Knicks and we're gonna be amazing and then he says I don't want to bring this up too much, but the big the the biggest problem I had with that whole thing was I felt that the journalistic integrity of ESPN was severely compromised, um, and it was it was an absolute ridiculous situation. Like earlier in the day before the decision, Chris Broussard was reporting for ESPN that he was going to go to the Heat, and I was like, "You, what is this like?" Of course, ESPN would know where he's going to go. They're airing the thing on TV, but then LeBron didn't allow any ESPN people to interview him. He made Jim Gray do it, who doesn't even work for ESPN. It was, and it was, it was the whole thing was a complete joke. It was, it was Jim Gray. It was very exactly. <laughs> Jim Gray. Yeah, who is Legend. he? <laughs> what does he do? He's he's a he's a sports guy. He does. Uh, NBA, he does some baseball, I think, too. Golf, he does. He does a lot of those. Uh... He's older now, but he used to be on NBC. Yeah. When, when NBC had the World Series and some of those other big things, he would he would be on it. I think he got into a big argument with Derek Jeter one time. 
Really? I don't know. Rick might remember better. I can't remember. That was when he was big, like when the Yankees were big in the 90s. Jim Gray was all over it. The Cavaliers also made a great, great. He's one of those guys players don't really like because he had he has some like tough questions and bad situations where guys just want to be left alone and it, you know, questions that there's obvious answers to that don't need to be asked. That guys just don't want people asking them. I know, like he had some problems with that back in the day. I thought I think the Cavaliers made a great pick, Colin Sexton, at Alabama, the number eight pick. I don't know if you saw this today. He was actually spotted leaving the airport. Wearing his own jersey, I think it's awesome. By the way, he was wearing his own jersey. <laughs> yeah, at the airport. That's awful. That's terrible. <laughs> That's so cool. How they bad? The, the sad thing is, most people probably didn't even know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an avid college basketball fan or NBA fan, Ugh. I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> Um, actually, totally a stumble. Oh, the number one pick is DeAndre Ayton at, at a at a Phoenix. Uh, I see projections of him being a Shaq-like player. Now, Rick, I don't know if you heard what I think about Shaq. I think he's actually extremely overrated. Which uh, is a terrible take by you. Well, no, I think if I was just as big as Shaq, I could be I could be better, just as good, or if not better than him. Basketball. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the argument everyone always makes about Wilt Chamberlain is that he was just so big back in the day, and that's why he dominated the way he did. Um, I I can see that argument a little bit with Shaq, but I think Shaq, for his size, was extremely athletic. Like the things he could do at that size were just amazing. You know, I, he probably could have been a little bit better of a free throw shooter. <laughs> <laughs> um. But he's another guy, too, that always seemed to have that other guy that he needed, you know, whether it was Penny Hardaway when he was in Orlando or Kobe. Um, and I think, you know. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah Dwayne Wade. Um, so I think a lot of those things probably helped him out. Um, and, I, you know, it, a big man's only a big man unless he has someone that's giving him the ball, you know, and is, has a little bit of creativity that can kind of, you know, eat take advantage of his assets because he's not beating anyone up the f- for sure and he's not making sick backdoor cuts he's just getting down there posting up and then you know laying it in or dunking it most of the time yeah uh i kind of want to go uh who's the other Will chamberlain yeah um i guess i guess it's a fair point i think i'm i think i'm just gonna shack though um Next topic is the World Cup re- World Cup recap. Rick, I understand you can actually watch soccer on like Jared. <laughs> I do. Uh, and it's been a pretty wild World Cup this year so far. It seems like anything can happen. I'm a big Ronaldo fan, so him blowing that PK today really hurts. Yeah. He makes a PK. Then right now they're the one seed. And instead of facing Uruguay, they're facing Russia, and Spain's facing Uruguay. And first of all, that, that Spain PK, that Spain, that Spain penalty, he was all sides. Yep. And once again, Spain is like, what's the, what's the team that gets all the calls and has everything go the way? I feel like the Yankees would make a good comparison. Maybe the Patriots. Yeah, Spain is the Patriots of soccer. That's who they are. And I'm just so sick of Spain right now. 
I honestly hope they get I hope they get knocked out by Russia. And I hate Russia. Yeah. I hate to say this, but I think Ronaldo's kind of matchup between Portugal and Uruguay should be good because they have two of the Ronaldo's the best right now. But Uruguay has a top ten footballer in the world right now in Luis Suarez. Jared, do you know who yeah. Luis Suarez is? I've heard of the name before. He bit players before. He's the guy that bites players. Where he yeah. is. That's the that's the that's the Um I think he's been extremely entertaining. England, Harry Kane's been great. But England's face, like, two really easy teams. People are jumping aboard the England England train. They face Tunisia and Panama. I mean, people are acting like they just beat Spain and, uh, and Spain and Argentina. With Argentina, we'll get to it in a second. But, Rick, uh, if you want to give me your opinion on this, I love it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think it's been really interesting to watch. I think... Uh... The one thing I've noticed is that some of it seems like some of the groups are lopsided. Yeah. Um, it seems like, you know, some groups have hardly any teams in them that are, are not very good. Um, I think uh, I can't remember what group it was. And I was looking and I couldn't believe that all four of the, the teams that were in it were in it. Um, but yeah, it's been exciting. It always is. It's a huge, huge event. Um, yeah, it was pretty wild today. I kind of sucked at the Portugal and Spain games around at the same time. And then <laughs> yeah, them, fully, fully. giving up like right and, at the and exact, exact time. moment. And that Iran guy, but I felt so bad for him. How close yeah. he came to getting that goal. That would yeah. be crazy to that. Yeah, I I felt kind of bad for Tunisia. I mean Morocco, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 that was uh, uh you know, that was a heartbreaker that they gave up that late one. Yeah, Morocco actually saw it for Italy this past week, so I wouldn't want him in Morocco. Um, I think Russia finally got their ass, which is good. Yeah, it's kind of... It's kind it's of there's super steroids over there. That they lost that bad. And uh, I think the big topic I want to talk about right now, Argentina and Messi. Uh, Messi especially... Have choked. I know. Okay, I will say our team is not that great of a team around it, but yeah, Messi. I mean, just going. I think the really big moment was right after Ronaldo had, had an amazing game against Spain. The next day, Archie, I believe, played. I forgot. I, I might have been. I forgot who. But Messi completely messed up the PK. Didn't get it, and he's had a level opportunity to score this whole, this whole tournament. He's been absent every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard. It's hard for a striker because if if his team's playing like shit and they're not getting him the ball, and they're not getting him the ball, I mean, there's not much he can do, you know. Yeah, as Messi, those guys, you just don't, you know, he might as well not even be out there. In Messi and Ronaldo, I feel like people don't realize this. They're two totally different type of players. Messi hates being in the spotlight as much. He he wants to be a team player. Ronaldo, meanwhile, just to quote what he does in the morning, he wakes up and admires himself in the mirror and thinks he's that great. Oh, yeah. That, that's amazing. And look, his dedication and determination at 33 years old is unbelievable. But this dude wakes up in the mirror, wakes up, looks at himself in the mirror, and just talks about how great he is, which is awesome to me. He embraces the spotlight. He embraces the, the, the challenge. Meanwhile, I think Messi wants to make it sort of like the whole team thing. 
Yeah, I, you know, the, the one thing that I've really noticed about Ronaldo this World Cup is he has, one, he's probably the biggest crybaby in, in international <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Every single time, he, you know, he's almost like LeBron out there. He's just always in the ref's face. Every time there's a call. As a Ronaldo fan, uh, I can fully admit that, yeah, he is definitely a crybaby. It's gotten really annoying to watch at this point. I've kind of, you know, been rooting against them just for that reason. Because <laughs> it's like he's scoring goals and crying, and that's about it. I mean, there was, there's, I've watched a couple plays where the ball's been right about at midfield. The other team has it. You know, the D are passing it around, and he's making, like, no attempt to not just, not just defend or actually make a tackle or a play but not even get into a passing lane. He's just standing there doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think we saw this today, but the guy, I forgot the guy, forgot the guy who scored Portugal's name, but right after he scored, Ronaldo stood there like he scored his goal. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, like two seconds later, he joined the guy and he hugged his butt. It looks so stupid. Of Ronaldo right near right of the net, just celebrating like, like if he's like, you ever see Tara Owens stand on the star? Except he didn't score. We see that happen actually in our league a lot where <laughs> guys will pretend like they tipped it in even though they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Makes it confusing on the broadcasters. Were they yeah. actually? Tough sometimes. Uh, even, and you don't have a lot of instant replays either, so you got to figure it out quickly. But... Max, just to give you another reason why, you know, it's really hard for me to get into soccer. You know, the World Cup's on, and I'm trying to get more into it. I was trying to watch some of the matches. And then, you know, somebody says, hey, do you want to go see a soccer game? I'm like, you know what? Yeah. See this thing live? You know, let's go to a game. Like, let's do it. So, you know, our local team here in the USL, the uh, Charleston Battery, they had a game. Against Pittsburgh uh, this weekend, and we got how was it? Rick and I went to the game, and uh, well, I don't know, Rick, you might want to describe it, but uh, there wasn't much going on. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Uh, one, there was hardly any crowd there, and you know that's one of the great things about soccer is like all the passion, and you got the drums going, and the fans are really into it. And you know, here there was just like the place was pretty much empty. Um, so that there wasn't like a lot of energy in the building and then the, the level of play, I, I think in that league is pretty bad. Um, you know, just a lot of just turnover after turnover, after turnover, after turnover. And then, you know, sounds like Miami university football. And then I think there was, I think, was it the battery or Pittsburgh that had one shot on goal the whole game? So battery had zero shots on goal in 90 minutes and, Pittsburgh had one shot on goal. Final score, nil-nil. I screwed up. when I, I should have probably, when I was in Israel, got to Europe and saw, saw a soccer game, but I didn't. When, when I was, I want to say 11 or 12, I went to MLS game. And, like, I've kind of in the soccer explaining the video game. This really got me into it. The Red Bulls, like, MLS sucks compared to the Europe, all the Europe soccer. I mean, it's like comparing... Never mind, I won't say it. But it's I remember seeing Tiari Henry. Do you know who he is, Jared? Yeah, Tian Tiari Henry. Wow, pretty pretty impressive. You know who he is. Yeah, he he actually won the World Cup with France Nineteen Ninety Eight. He was an amazing player. 
and I never forget him scoring and pointing towards me, which I kind of felt I now I had to watch the game. So yeah, soccer it's hard to get into. Rick, what when did you get into it? I've been into it. I played soccer like all through college. Oh, wow. Well, not so all really- through college, but I played in college a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I just grew up with it. I grew up in Rochester, a huge, you know, huge soccer town. Um, you know, we started going back in the day, back in the, of the old NASL back when, uh, you know, there were the Cosmos and we had the Rochester Lancers in Rochester and, and, you know, the early, late seventies, early eighties, soccer was actually kind of a big deal before it died out. It had, a, you know, a few good years back then, you know, even Pele played for the Cosmos for a while. Um, and it was big back then, so I, I've kind of always been into it. Um, you know, when I when I stopped playing, I, I got out of it a little bit. I, I'd be lying if I said I followed it real closely these days. Um, you know, I've been watching it a little bit more. You know, every you know, whenever Euro comes up every four years, or you know, the World Cup comes up, I get into it. You know, a reasonable amount, but you know. It, it, this is I actually interned with the battery when I was in school, and it, it's amazing to me how far it's fallen since then. Because yeah, you know back back then it was awesome. They you know they used to pack the place, and you know the good energy. Uh, they had just moved to a new stadium that they play the one that's still that they play in now, but they had just moved there, so it was kind of fresh and new. And uh, one of my highlight of that that internship for sure was. That, I got to beat Carlos Valderrama because <laughs> it was an open cup game and the team, I think it was Tampa that he was playing for at the time. Uh, this was, you know, the, the fledgling years of MLS, like the first yeah. years of it. He was the, I think he was the first big guy that signed an MLS. Um, you know, and he was towards the end of his career, which has kind of been the recipe for these guys, right? They bring these huge stars over that are just, you know, can't really keep up and, uh, you know, in, in the premier division or, you know, in La Liga or those kind of leagues. So they come over here and they, <laughs> they you know, play one more, one or two more years, make some money and kind of build some excitement for the team. But he was like, he was the coolest guy I ever met. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. He stayed there. He probably signed 2,000 autographs because he was going to stay till everybody that wanted his autograph was done and just stood there and – and then he came up to the pub, and we were having beers. It was, it was a really good time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this right now. Wayne Rudy is close to something the Chief United moves. Yeah, yeah, I just – what did I just hear about Wayne Rooney today? I heard they're going to they're gonna let him out of his contract, even though he has a year left. If he wants to play somewhere else, they're just going to let him go. He's still fairly young. He's 32. Uh, yeah. Now, Jared, this is actually pretty big. Because in the past, I want to say six months now, the MLS – this is a big star too. That was obviously the biggest star, Jared. I don't know if you heard of I've heard of him. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a huge, huge get for the U.S. soccer. I think Rick and both Rick and Bruce made. Uh, have you seen? Have you watched the stuff I told you to watch about him, Jared, or no? Yeah, pretty cool guy. Pretty arrogant, cocky, but amazing guy. Uh, Peter Cooperman, uh, Rick, uh, I don't know if you ever saw this funny. Left PSG. I came here, uh, a king. I left a legend. Who said that? Zlatan. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think U.S. soccer will be on the rise. The problem is, 
I think it's already on the rise. I would make the argument that it's probably as big as the NHL right now, MLS. Really? On the national. I, th- I think just because it's, you know, the NHL in a lot of, you know, a lot of respects is regional. I think if you have a team where you live, it's big to you, but it's, there's a lot of, you know, especially in the South, which as you know, where Jared and I are, I think, uh, you know, like we have a following and I think our fans follow, you know, follow the, the NHL just because they're our fans and they're hockey people. But I, if I went on the streets of Charleston and asked a hundred people who won the Stanley cup, just randomly, you know, probably 10 could tell me who won it. But if you ask the same hundred people who won the MLS cup, how many would tell you they knew who won it? I would agree it's probably similar, but I think the one thing that the MLS has is they have way better TV deal. Um, you know, unfortunately, ESPN is kind of, you know, that's they're not only are they quote unquote a news outlet, but I think they're also a huge promoter of sports because I think, you know, the average sports fan, that's their Bible and that's where they get most of their sports stuff for from. And I think since MLS is on there, I think, People, it's in their face all the time. They're watching Sports Center, and they, you know they always promote their stuff first. So yeah, you know MLS is always big news on there. You know when it comes to hockey, since they don't cover it. Why does the ESPN cover hockey? Why don't they have games? I always wonder that. Like, it's not the fact that they barely cover it. Except for except for when Bat, Barry Mer- Barry Melrose on like the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, that pisses yeah. me off. I like him, but no, ever like I watched the first round this year. And they didn't cover it at all in sports in there, except for Scott Van Pelt for a little bit. Scott Van Pelt was great, but during the after Scott Van Pelt, they they covered it to the end of the show for about maybe four minutes. Yeah, like, that really pissed me off. Can, can somebody explain to me why NHL games aren't on ESPN? I they probably just didn't, you know, all that stuff happens with bids. So like the networks will bid however much they're going to pay for what they're going to broadcast. And obviously, the ESPN just didn't see the value in it. Um, uh, here's what happened: the NHL had that deal with ESPN with Steve Levy and Gary Thorne and yeah. Barry Melrose yeah. and everything. And then what happened is the NHL did the worst thing that they could ever do. They had a year-long lockout. They lost the entire 2004-2005 season. So in 2004-2005, they had no games, and ESPN was like, "We're doing." making the same amount of money or if not more during this season when we don't have the NHL. So when the NHL came back, they needed to get a new TV deal and they needed to, you know, start rebuilding after they had a year long lockout and ESPN said, eh, we don't need you guys. We're going to do other things. We don't, we don't need you. And the NHL has never recovered from a TV sense. They've never recovered from that. Now, their deal currently with, with NBC is a pretty good deal. I mean, obviously, they get games on NBC, and NBC Sports has become more and more well-recognized than what it was when it first started. But they've And they've never really gotten back to where they were before because they lost that ESPN deal, and ESPN moved on to other things, and they didn't worry about it. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that's only part of it, too. You know, another huge part of it is, you know, you have – kids growing up a lot more kids growing up are playing soccer now um you know than hockey i, I don't I, you know i couldn't tell you the numbers right now but you know youth soccer is blowing up you know yeah. i think every kid i think every kid grows that 
you know, grows up in the United States, plays soccer at some point on a team, you know, and you can't really say that about hockey. It's a very small percentage. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it too, because obviously if you play a sport, you're going to follow whatever the pro league in that sport is a little bit more. Um, but I know back when Rochester, when the Rochester Rhinos started in the late nineties, they were averaging right around 10,000 in attendance which was like third in the country, including all the MLS teams. So they were drawing more than most of the MLS teams. And I know now, you know, you can't even get tickets to see Atlanta play, and they play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, they're, they're packed there. They really grow. And it's wild, too. I mean, the crowds are just insane. You know, it's uh, – so I think it's really catching on, you know. I think – you know, and I think signing a lot of these, you know, big-time European guys, you know, regardless of where they are in their career, is kind of given a little bit of uh, credence to it a little bit more. It looks like a little bit more of a legit league to people. And the one thing they did that was really smart, MLS, is that MLS runs the league. Like, um, they pretty much decide where players are going to go. They, all the players are contracted with MLS, not the uh, actual teams. Um even though they're drafted by certain teams or whatever, the, the, the league still maintains the rights. So they have a lot more control over the individual franchises. Yeah. Um, which helps them kind of, you know, promote their sort of marquee franchises wherever they may be and kind of, you know, get a gauge for what markets, you know, are looking for. And um, I think that's really helped them grow a lot too. But uh, I think the ESPN thing is, is probably the biggest factor in all of that just because they're getting way more exposure from that. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, tomorrow, though, I want to get some predictions from Uric. Uh, Jared, if you want to try to chip, chime in, that'd be great. The World Cup games tomorrow are Denmark, France, Australia, Peru, Nigeria, Argentina, and Iceland or Croatia. I have my prediction set for each of these games. Uh, I would love to see Denmark win, but I think France will win, or draw. I think Peru will beat Australia. I would love for Messi just to lose and be out, but I think they'll probably either draw or win. And Iceland and Croatia seem like a really great game to me. I, I like I love both of these teams. Croatia has Luka Modric, who's awesome on Real Madrid, and he was awesome against Argentina, I think, on 20, 24th or 23rd. But, yeah, I, I think Croatia will actually win that game. Uh, Rick? Yeah, I mean, Croatia, I think, has been kind of the surprise of the tournament this year. Yeah. They've uh, they've just looked dominant in every game. Um, you know, I, I honestly would give them a relatively decent chance to win it if they can keep playing the way they've been playing. Um, you know, Argentina's down, so I think their group is maybe not as strong as some of the other groups. But, uh, you know, they, they've just – they've looked dominant in every game. Um as far as I've seen, I'd like to see Iceland win because I'd like to see yeah. them at least get into the knockout round. I think that'd be a great story. Be awesome, yeah. Kind of like with Wales and Garth Bell a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know that that was yeah. kind. Of, you know that was their first time in. It's Iceland's first time in. I got a one of my roommates from college uh, was on the Icelandic national team way back in the day. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, so, you know, it's a country they were saying. Uh, I think I think during the broadcast they were saying how there's more registered soccer players in Argentina than there are people in Iceland. Yeah. 
So I think it's, you know, and it's, it's a cool story too, because it's one, it's not a place you would like consider a great soccer uh, country, but they don't really have a sport, you know, it's not like, you know, Sweden's good in soccer, but you know, they have a great hockey team and, you know, Netherlands, yeah. you know, they're known for their soccer, but you know, all, it seems like all these countries are good in at least something. Um, <laughs> but Iceland is like one of those teams where it's, you know, they don't really have a, a team that's really dominant in any one sport. So that would be really good to see. Yeah. And but they have to win to get in, you know. Fun fact about Iceland, Iceland's not cold. It's actually green, and Greenland is cold. But Correct. back to Australia. <laughs> Max, you know, you would, you would know a little more about that if you watched the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I'm not watching the garbage movie, Jared. Oh, Australia, Peru. Uh, I, don't think, I think Peru would probably win that. And Denmark and France are very intrigued by – Denmark has one of my – was probably my second favorite footballer, and Christian Eriksen. Uh, France – I think when you think France aside, when you think dominant. Jared, do you remember in 06 when the day? I do remember that. Good job, Jared. In Italy, won some... the game, right? Yes, Italy won the game. I watched that game. Oh, you, you really, that's awesome, Jared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my prediction, though, for who's going to win this, I would so love the Portugal to win this, but I don't think they will. Rick, what about you? You'd love to see Portugal win the whole thing? I'd love to see them win the whole thing. I do not think yeah. they will. I actually think, and all the teams that will, I think Brazil will. Yeah, you know, they've, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about Brazil, to be honest with you, because I feel like They've been really good at points in games, but I feel like they've been really bad. I haven't seen them put in, like, a real dominant performance for 90 minutes yet. Um, they've looked, like I said, you know, there's times where they look like old Brazil, and then there's times where they just look like they don't give a shit. So it just yeah. – <laughs> it's tough to uh, – it's tough to say where they can go, but I think they're one of those teams where once they get to the – you know, maybe they're just playing that way now. Maybe when they get to the yeah. knockout stage, they just decide, you know, we're going to – you know, play our butts off and uh, they'll end up, you know, winning it all. Because I think they're good enough too, for sure. One thing I talked about, Neymar, I talked about Messi and Ronaldo have like two polar opposites. Neymar's kind of right in the middle of there. Like, he wants to be the star, but if they lose, he doesn't want all the heat on him. Yeah, I, no, I would agree. And that's kind of, I don't know if that really works because like, like both Ronaldo and Messi, and Messi, they know they, they know what they are. They know what they want, at least. Neymar seems like he wants the glory, but if he loses, it's not his fault. It's his whole team's fault. Like, I don't like that at all with Neymar, though. Yeah, I think I, – I just think with Brazil's style and, the, the you know, the all-around quality of talent they have, I don't think you necessarily have to be that guy. I think, you know, especially uh, Messi and with this team that he's on now has to be that guy. Um whether he wants to or not. Um, you know, Ronaldo, obviously Portugal's a very deep and talented team too, but he's just, he's got the charisma and he's, you know, he just, I don't think he really has a choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, he's like, he's one of those guys, like you said, he looks at himself in the mirror. <laughs> you know, Messi's, Messi's short. He's not the best looking guy. No. <laughs> so I don't, I think like, I think that just kind of, 
I don't know if that plays into our opinions of him or if that plays into like, you know, what the media, you know, thinks about them. But I would definitely agree. Messi's more of like a, a blue collar type. Absolutely. Guy. And, and Ronaldo is kind of, you know, the show. I, like, I have the best. Uh, he is a, he's probably the LeBron slapper. I really do agree with that. It's a really good analogy. Um, <laughs> so, you pick to win it all is? It's tough. Uh, I haven't seen enough of France, to be honest, which is good. I have to watch the game, but. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, I haven't seen all yeah. the games. The team that I've seen the most that has impressed me the most has been Croatia. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I actually texted Jared in the last podcast. I want him to wake up at like 6 o'clock and watch the game with me. And Jared just completely refused to do that with me at all. Which for that chair, not- how is Belgium doing? Because that uh, that was the team I was no. supposed to be rooting for, but I haven't watched them. Belgium uh, be pretty good, I think. Actually, they won both games, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so as well. What, what group are they in? They play Panama. They're, they're, in, Panama they're, they're in with England, Tunisia, and Panama. That, that group is such BS. And I, I can say that, Jared. By the way, uh, that group has what group? The Belgium the Belgium group is the only good team they have in it is England. Panama Tunisia? Yeah. Yeah, I expect you to win those games, Belgium. Well, so has England played Belgium yet? No. That game was on Thursday. Oh, so that's going to that, be an epic game. June 28th, game. And, which is on Thursday at 2 p.m. That should be a game. All right. So I will watch that game because I'll tell you right now, I'm not working that day. Awesome. The so podcast I have off. I took off. I will watch that game with. I will. I will be at home. I will watch. A little bit of movie. Kelly might yell at me. You might have to tell Kelly that I said I would do that because she's probably going to be asking me to do other things around the house. But I'm going to tell her I'm watching. Did you guys have a dog yet? No. Oh, here's here's the group Max. That is total garbage. Japan, Senegal, Colombia, Poland. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Poland supposed to be decent? They were yeah. supposed to be decent. <laughs> they haven't won. Yeah. <laughs> Robert All right, Japan is the team that everyone's excited about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I And I will say this, Japan has a lot of guys that are, you know, they have a lot of premier players that play in the top leagues in Europe. They um, do. But it just, you know, it, it's just one of those teams where, obviously, they're not a huge historical powerhouse, but I could see them making a little bit of a run. But those other three, <laughs> you put those four teams together. I'm surprised they didn't. Somehow work out a way for it to be like Russia, Senegal, Senegal. Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to put. I do want to go into a little bit of movie news. This week, I actually decided to be an idiot, and I watched the movie Hostel at two in the morning. That was a bad idea. Uh, Jared, that's probably the second scariest movie I've ever seen since The Strangers. Uh, Rick, if you ever seen that movie, terrified the crap out of me. Um, that was a really bad idea with me, Jared. And this one of those in that and, uh, Rick. I don't know if you, you haven't known me long enough, but a lot of times I make these really dumb decisions where it ends up affecting me in the long run. And that's definitely <laughs> affecting me in the long run because I already just checked in for Israel today. It's looking like I'm not to stay at a hospital. And you don't want to do this now. Uh oh, that's gonna be a problem now. I could have told you it was a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that movie, but I heard it's pretty. Have you ever seen Strangers or no? No, that movie screwed movie. me up big time. Because I watched that movie. First of all, I watched the movie when I was 10. 
snuck down to my office, snuck down to the office downstairs, and watched it like one in the morning. And that movie's way different than any other horror movie ever seen because, like, it was just completely weird and mess. And there was no happy ending in that movie. They just died. Yeah. It was. None of those movies are happy endings. They're supposed well, to be no, scary. Like, and like even like the Friday Thirteenth movies, like somebody survives and the, and like the killer dies in that movie. But movie just. Like, I remember the movie, I brought up a butter knife to my room to, to protect myself. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up the next morning, I thought I brought, brought up one, I brought two butter knives and a fork to protect myself at that time. And I slept with the lights on, and like, door, door completely shut, all the blinds shut. I'll never forget that. Uh, Jared, another, good, well, another little thing about movies I want to talk about is... Are you a big Tarantino fan, Rick? What's that? Are you a big Tarantino fan? Yeah. Well, they announced the the cast for for his next movie about it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's about the Charles Manson murders. The cast for this oh, movie really? is insane: Al Pacino, yeah. DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Dakota Fanning, Luke Perry, Emil Hirsch. Tim Ross, Michael Madsen, uh, Burt Reynolds, Kurt Russell, James Marsden, Damian Lewis. Looks like it's going to be in the same movie. I'm really pumped for that movie. But, yeah, that should be really good. Are you going to put it out on some weird film? Like like the Hate Flight movie and the 35 movie? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That movie is weird to me. Probably my least favorite movie of all its movies. I've been told that I should bring up the fact that you know way too much about certain people. Like Brad Osweiler? Like where and when movies were filmed. What do you mean? I, I, like, I know... Like, what do you mean? I know where they were filmed, Jared. Like, you know all of this information that you don't even really need to know. I can't think I do. What if somebody asked me about just like what... Like in the future, and I see your parents notice, right? What if you're in the army in Israel and they ask you <laughs> where and when Tarantino filmed his seventh movie? I don't know that, Jared. To be honest, it's only said two informational people after we come around Brad Osweiler. But okay. Um, I, All right, what's your final take for the podcast? It's kind of a question, Tate. I don't know why Dashboard Professional just dropped off. Same as Michelle Branch. Hey, Rick and I are going to see Dashboard oh, Confessional awesome. in two weeks. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm actually pretty pissed right now. So today, so yesterday, what, Get yesterday this? I went to the graduation party for our cousin. And I asked him, I see, and you met Ethan, Rick. And I, and, yeah. and I, and I go to Ethan, I go, I go hey. Have you ever heard of Have you ever listened to any of Michelle Branch's stuff? And he walked away from me. Didn't answer me. <laughs> and then, and then, I, then, 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 we're, then we're all eating together. I'm like, dude, I really, like, I really like Dash Professional. And he goes, Oh, you ever heard of the Beatles? I'm like, dude, shut up. I'm trying to help you, but I'm like, yeah, I got kind of pissed about that. And I thought, but Jared, you could talk to Ethan about that. Get the lineup for this show. It's Little John, <laughs> Dashboard, and Sam Hunt. Who's Sam Hunt? 
Oh my! It's gonna be sick. Yes. I thought you like country music. Uh, I kind of agree that it's garbage. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Last year I you came like here Luke and Ryan. tell me no, that country I music said is Luke good. Ryan and like a lot of stereotypical country artists like Dirk Bentley. Um. Uh, so you like the country that's not really country? Yeah, pretty much. Except for Johnny Cash. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Cash. Isn't that what Sam Hunt is? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> You'd probably like that guy. Yeah, you probably would like him if you like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Little Jonathan Dash from Bethesda concert. Yeah, right. it's kind of weird. Yeah. It was supposed to be in Myrtle Beach, but they changed it. Like their venue fell through, so they're having it here. That's pretty awesome. Where, where in Charleston? Uh, Riverfront Park. Right on the river. It's Max, a, Max, a, actually, you went to Riverfront Park. Remember when I took you to that park and we walked around there? Uh, remember, remember, it was right on the water, and we were like walking down that path, and there was like a, uh, they have that. It was right near the naval yard, and they have all the. Navy oh, now, yeah, now, now, yeah, now I got it. Yeah. That's where the concert. Is. That's pretty cool. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at all the stuff right now. They, they just announced that I'm looking at all the stuff. Uh, first of all. Ben Simmons just won Rookie of the Year. That's BS. Don Mitchell heard that. Dwayne Casey is Coach of the Year. And apparently Tavares in the meeting with San Jose tomorrow. So I'll be up all night. That's great. <laughs> At 8 a.m. tomorrow, so I know for a fact I will be up all night now searching Twitter and Reddit. That should be really bad. 8 a.m. Eastern or Pacific? Oh, shit. Well, because it could be 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Well, if it's in San Jose. Yeah. Either way, I'm just going to stay the whole night, like, thinking it will be on at, like, 5 a.m. It'll be on at, like, 8 a.m. over here. It'll be 5 a.m. over there, and I'll still be up. That's a really bad idea on me. Jared, a little bit of problem. How are we going to do this podcast when I'm in Israel? We have not discussed this. We will discuss this not during the podcast. It's a pretty good idea. Oh, Rick, uh, pick a pick an opening song for the podcast, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do. Uh, uh, huh, that's a good question. Well, by the time if you're listening to this, you'll have heard it already. So, don't worry too much about it. Yeah. All right, that's the it. That's it for episode four. We may have episode five. We may not if Max goes to Israel. <laughs> but if Max is still in the U.S. next week, stay tuned for episode five. <laughs> I know you played by to be like, that's the guy might be actually new to this, which would be really bad. <laughs> 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 and the I'm like, promote, promote the podcast, maybe. Like, have you heard of, right. you heard of the NC podcast? Who? I'll ask people at the airport in Newark, have you heard of the NC podcast? That's, that's what you should be listening to when you're waiting for your flight. <laughs> you can definitely show it to them. It's available on iTunes. I'm talking about Friends. Podcast. That's what I know too much about, Jared. Friends. I used Friends last time. I know, but you were saying I know way too much about like movies and TV. That's what I know way too much about. Friends and Entourage. Yeah, yeah Entourage too. <laughs> Although I love Entourage. Yeah, okay. All right. Good episode. We will talk to everyone next week if Max still is. <laughs>